weeks into our unmistakable series. Uh, it is so good to see how good God is. And, and it was awesome if you didn't last week get to hear uh, Will Crank come and share on holiness and, and calling us into holiness. Can I encourage you, jump online, find a copy of that sermon and listen to it. Your life will be definitely better for it. But today we are continuing on in our unmistakable series. And today it's called Unmistakably Good News. Yeah. Woo. You know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna believe in faith that those watching online were there just cheering at their screens and things like that, just to give me some faith. How about that? Here we, we'll go again. We'll take it again. Today, we're doing unmistakably good news. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but I want you guys to get involved. And I thought that maybe the way that we could do that was get every one of you up here on stage to share your story of good news from the week. All right, change plan. <laughs> Quick on the, on the run, we'll change it. Um, what I thought maybe instead of that, okay, is that we could just share a good news story from our week with somebody beside us. Can we do that? Can we just take like a minute and if you're online, you know, share it with somebody or share it out your window, it doesn't matter. Just share a good news story with someone around you because we need to be in the mood for good news today. It is absolutely, unmistakably a good news day today. So share your story with somebody next to you, something good news from this week. All right, if, if you haven't heard somebody else's good news story, maybe it might be time uh, for you to stop talking and listen to somebody else's good news story. Switch it around, share a good news story, somebody else. The good things that are going on around us. Hey, praise God that we've got good news stories going on. Amen. So good. Good news story for, uh, for many youth group parents, as you heard before, is that we're going to take your kids off you for the entirety of Friday night, seven o'clock at night through to eight o'clock in the morning. We're gonna, even going to feed them breakfast and then send them home really tired. So you're going to have the cruisiest weekend. What a blessing to you. That's a good news story. That's a good news story. Uh, but there is also a bit of a good news story in, in 1 Peter. In 1 Peter, it shares a bit of a good news story with us. It says this, for, for you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ. Is that good news? Yeah. If we can't get excited about that, we're in the wrong building. Good news. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in the last times for your sake. Through him, you believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. This is unmistakably good news. But there's some other good news stories. Uh, my, my eldest yesterday, Zane, he, he turned seven. So he's one year closer to moving out. That's good news. <laughs> No, I love him. He's the best. Such a blessing to me. That's, that's good news. That's his, uh, yeah, he turned seven yesterday. He's been so excited. He walked in and his good news story for the week was, it was my birthday yesterday and I turned seven and he was telling all the people as he was walking through the place. That's his good news story. Uh, better news, perhaps. Broncos, top four and charging forward, might I add, charging towards the top. Gary is so excited. I can see. Thank you. There we go. I see that hand. <laughs> 
Broncos are charging up the ladder board. If you notice there, the Broncos are actually on equal points with the Cowboys, who are also top four. There we go. There's a bit more excitement there. Uh, What about this one? This one is the most exciting thing to me, though. (laughs) All right? I don't know if you know this, but the on-ramp from Harvey's Range Road to go northbound on the Ring Road is supposed to open this week. Yes! I live out at Jensen, and like going through all the suburbs and all the roads out there, it just was so much easier to just jump on Harvey's Range Road, go down, turn on the highway, and I'm there. I'm so excited for that to open. This is good news. But I think there are some people here that, that need some really Good news. Perhaps, you know, it's been a struggle of a week. Perhaps, you know, when we had the opportunity to share those good news stories, we're racking our brains and going, well, actually, I don't, I don't really have anything that's, that's exciting and really good news. Well, I want to tell you today that, that God sees the brokenness, that He sees our troubles, He sees our, our financial struggles, He sees the tears that we cry. He sees our anxieties and our fears and the unmistakably good news is Jesus. That's what some people need to hear today is that Jesus is unmistakably good news for you because he does all of those things, but also he adds these things to you. He adds life to you. He has a plan for you. He has a purpose for you. And he has absolutely abundant blessings for you inside of a relationship with him. He is for you, not against you. The sad thing for me is that some people haven't had that experience. I was looking at some statistics this week uh, from the Barna Group. In fact, it was, um, uh, what's the guy who does Olive Tree Media? You can help me here. Carl Face, that's him. He shared it on Facebook. He said that 20% of people outside of the church have had a positive experience with the church. But the staggering thing for me was 80% of people within the church have had a positive experience of church. That means that there are a whole group of people that are even sitting in this room that haven't had a positive experience of meeting together with God's people. And there's a heck of a lot of people out there that have had a negative experience. But we have good news. We have good news because, yes, we as the church, as humans, we are flawed, but Jesus was perfect and he is pure and he is love and he is life and he wants that for us. And we can step in confidence into a relationship with him, knowing that he is better than what we can ever be. That God loves us. We can step out knowing that because we need love. I don't know, many people in in the room know of Maslow's hierarchy of needs for us, but one of the things that we actually need in our lives as humans is love. We need to, to feel that love. We need to be able to express that love. It's part of us in our humanness, in our design, that we were designed by God who is love to love. That's what we were called to do. That's who we are. And so God loves us. That's good news. That is unmistakably good news for us this morning. Because despite our experiences, God loves us. God is love. 
In 1 John 4, 16, it says, As and so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. We have an opportunity to partner in this love relationship that is God, that He is for us and not against us, that He wants us to experience the fullness of love and not the broken expression of love that we so see in this world, right? He wants us to know that it is unmistakably good news that we are loved by our God, that Jesus loves us. It says this in Romans 8, 37 to 39. No, in all things, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation. Are you getting the extent here? We'll be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is not one thing that can separate you or me from the love that God has for us. That is unmistakably good news for us this morning. The problem is us, right? The problem is that despite the fact that God loves us, that that we've all sinned. And so that brokenness separates us from that love. And it's supposed to be all about good news, but this is the bad. Because we have sinned. We've all sinned, it says in Romans 3, 23. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That means the person sitting next to you. That means the person that when you look in the mirror, means the person that's not in this church. means our neighbours, our friends, our family, perhaps even our kids. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. All of us live in this separated state that Isaiah 59.2 speaks of, but your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. That's the type of world the majority are living in. That's the type of world that the census data is reflecting that our country is representing. A world that is outside of the love that God has for us. That's living outside of the unmistakably good news that you and I know that we are separated from God. And this is the thing, right? There is not one good work out there in this world that can earn us our salvation. There's nothing out there that we can physically do to bridge the gap of the separation that lives and exists between us. There is no ritual. There is no religion. There is only relationship with Jesus that can separate us bring and bridge the separation between us and God. Because the reality is without that, without Jesus, we deserve the penalty. The penalty described here in Romans 3.23 as death. Death. That's not Romans 3.23. 
But did you get the second half of this? The verse says, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is unmistakably good news that we can find life where we should feel death, that where the brokenness is, we can feel healing, that where the separation is, we feel closeness when we're inside of a relationship with God. But when we're outside, that's not a place I want to be. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It doesn't end there, which is brilliant because there's more good news coming. And the more good news is this, that Jesus died for us. This is brilliant because we look at Isaiah and we see the coming king. We see Jesus proclaimed in Isaiah, prophesied about that he would come and that he would be our salvation. It says in Isaiah 53, 4-6, Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds we are healed. Unmistakably good news, right? We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Does anyone here know the Baba Tu Baba song? Yeah, we're on it. Thank you. The rest of you were thinking it in your heads. But this is amazing, right? This, this God would hatch a plan knowing humanity had the freedom to choose, to choose between following what he wanted or walking away from Jesus, that he would find a way for us not to experience death, but to find life. And we can only find life in Jesus. And it says this in 1 Corinthians 15 verses 3 and 4. It says, For what I received, I pass on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, the very Scriptures we just read, right? That He was buried, that He was raised on the third day, according to the Scriptures. He is coming back. And I can't wait for that day. That's good news. The best news. Because the reality is this, that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And often we'll stop there. But I really love this next point, right? Verse 17. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. It is unmistakably good news to us that we have a God that would come and participate in paying the price, the wage, the death that we are so owed to bring life to us so that we can know Him, that we can be in relationship, that we can experience the fullness of life and love the way that we were created and designed to be. Unmistakably good 
news. So the question I have for us is, well, what are we actually doing about this unmistakably good news? What are you doing about it? Is it just that we've taken on that very view the world has that that we're consumers? Is it that we've become convenience Christians? Is it that when the going gets tough, we get going and we do something about it? And we get on our knees and we wear out the holes in our knees in prayer. And we do something about it. See, what type of church are we? Are we the type of church that has heard this great, unmistakably good news and just sit? Or are we the type of church that is mobilised in mission and in going out and in sharing our faith with our workmates and our colleagues? And perhaps if you're online, you want to shout an amen out the window to make someone question what the heck is going on in there to give an opportunity to share Jesus. Are we the type of people that are doing the work of the evangelist like we're called to? Or are we shying away? Are we putting the Spirit of God in a box that we control and not letting Him do His work in and through us, the very good works that God has prepared in advance for us to do? What are we doing about it? Because the reality is if we declare with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Wow, I kind of expected a little bit of more dramatic response, like, got to be honest. What are you doing about it? Because in Jesus, and let me tell you, this world needs Jesus. And I think you guys know that, right? I think you can resonate with me in saying that this world needs Jesus. In that we find that the restless and conflicted can find peace. We find that the grieving can find comfort. We find that those without have a provider. We find that the weak can find strength, that the hopeless can find hope, that the oppressed can find freedom. We find that the hurt can find healing. We find that the sinner finds salvation. We have a God that is alive and is active, that is unmistakably good news. What are we doing about it, church? Because Jesus is what the world needs and Jesus is calling his people to mobilise. You know what the Bible says? It tells us that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Are we willing to be a worker so that our neighbour might find Jesus? That our neighbour might experience the fullness of the good news that is available to them? Are we willing to put aside our own perceived ideas and ideologies to just step out and faithfully declare the gospel message of hope that the world needs? Are we willing to step out of the convenience and the consumer mentality that's creeping into churches worldwide 
and think beyond ourselves to the other person that needs to know what love is. As you might recall, I said, we need to know love and God loves us. And so we continue on here in 1 Peter, in verse 22 of chapter 1. After we've put on the holiness as Will described to us last week, we're stepping into that, that God had given that to us and now we're rising to what that looks like and we're called into that space. And it says this, Now that you've purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for one another, love one another deeply from the heart. My challenge is what does love one another deeply from the heart actually look like? For you have been born again. When you come into relationship with Jesus, you are a new creation. You have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, eternal things. Through the living and enduring Word of God, through Jesus Christ, we have life. That is unmistakably good news. For all people are like grass, it says, and all their glory is like flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. The very truth that we need to be in relationship with Jesus has been and is and will be forever relevant to humanity. And this is the word that was preached to you. Jesus is unmistakably good news to us. Unmistakably. Like, I can't even fathom how to live outside of a relationship with Jesus now that I know Jesus. Just just think about that for a second. It just, it doesn't compute. There's just no way. I don't want to even do it. I want to always live in relationship with Jesus. I want to worship my King. I just want to do what it is that God calls me to do day in, day out. And my prayer is that you do too. Because I have the most amazing news, the most amazing hope, and our world out there needs it. It's Jesus. And this is the the call, I guess, to holiness that it continues on with in the first couple of verses of chapter 2 of 1 Peter here. Because it does call us into the standard that God has for us to pursue holiness. You might recall actually last week, Will defined what holy looked like to us. He, he said holiness is, is utterly unique. It's utterly unique. Keep that in our, our mind frame as we read this. It says, therefore, and if it says therefore, what's it there for? If it says, therefore, we need to know, because of, for that reason, consequently, rid yourselves of all malice and deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. I kind of want to take that a little bit further there for a second. In Colossians 3, I just feel like I have to share this. 
I wasn't going to, but when I was walking up, I just ha- opened it. In Colossians 3, verse 8, it says also that you must now rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Maybe that's a challenge for us. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on your new self, which is being renewed in knowledge and in the image of its creator. Add these things to our list. Be like newborn babies, it says. It continues on. Crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Not only do we have a call to holiness, we have a call to rid the old self from us so that we can live that way. We have a call to get involved and to crave God and to get into the Word of God so we can discover more about Him and to get into praying with God so we can build our relationship with Him. We have a call to get to know God. Just think of the analogy for a second there. Many of you will have known a little baby, right? And they cry out when they're hungry. And the second you give them the baby bottle, that thing is nearly sucked dry very quickly. That's the type of craving that we should have for the things of holiness, of righteousness, of God, because we have unmistakably good news in us and it should push us further and deeper into our relationship with God, that we would want to live for Him and not against Him. So I've got a challenge for us to live holy, to live holy lives, to pursue Christ and His righteousness, but to love endlessly. Because the best way that we can show this world that we care about them and that God has love for them and that that there is something bigger and better out there than living in darkness is to demonstrate love to them. There is a cost. There is an earthly cost. In fact, Jesus encourages us to weigh up the cost of following him. But let me tell you, whilst there is a cost, the blessing is immeasurable. The future that we have in relationship with Jesus is amazing. We can live in the fullness of love. We can live in the fullness of life. We can live in relationship with our God, the Creator God, who built and created out of nothing other than the love that exists between Himself in that creation narrative. We can live in the fullness of that here today. So let's step out. Let's live holy. Let's love endlessly. Let's love our neighbours as ourselves. Let's put God as number one in our lives and pursue Him in everything that we do. And let's not miss those moments that God might be tugging at us, saying, hey, just, just be loved to that person this week. Or maybe, maybe I just need to get myself right with God. 
Maybe, maybe I just need to, to submit to God. Or maybe, you know what? Maybe I'm, I've walked away from God and I need to just get myself back on track in my relationship with God because perhaps I haven't even been living the way that I should have been living. And when the Bible says, therefore, we need to realize it's there for a reason, right? God's calling us to live out the new creation that we are in him. Let me close in prayer for us as the worship team comes back up. Lord, we thank you so much for your holiness. Lord, we thank you for that call to be holy just as you are holy, that it sets us up in our life to live the way that you want us to live. Father, we thank you so much for Jesus Christ, who is life and who is love and gives us life through him. Lord, we thank you for the cross. We thank you for Jesus in going to the cross, his obedience to you so that we can know you, that the price was paid for our sins and our transgressions by Jesus himself and so that we can have eternal life in you. Lord, I pray that you would help us to live utterly unique lives. That we would live in the unmistakable good news of Jesus Christ. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Can I just read this to us? From Colossians 3, verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let's be that church.